0: Well, Welcome to my Facebook live teaching uh, today. I appreciate you being here. Those who will be watching later on and also on YouTube, we always appreciate all of you tuning in, your comments you make, and they're always welcome. So we're thankful that you're here. Uh, I mentioned earlier on Facebook that I'm going to teach today on who who is Jesus or who was Jesus. And a lot of people have a preconceived idea of who they think Jesus is and uh, according to what the bible says and so i want to show you the real spiritual meanings to who Jesus is and what he did and basically who we are so we're going to start out uh, reading in Romans 323 through 31 in my translation so as i always say if you read it in the King James Bible you won't be able to to follow me, so my wife wants me to show the book again, so I will. I, I should ask you for it. But again, those of you who are new here, and if you're going to follow me, you might want to go online and order this on lulu.com, search for Roy Richmond, or go to my webpage, drroyebrichmond.com, and you can find the link to this book. But this is a translation of the book of Romans, so it'll that's just what make what it great. easier. It'll make it a lot easier for you if you have that. <clears throat> and if, like I always say, if you can't afford it, and uh, you would like to have something, message me, and I'll send you a PDF file for it, and you can print that out. So so we're going to start with Romans 3, uh, 23 through 31, and then uh, I'll begin to explain these things to you. So, uh, verse 23, at one time or another, all people have lived with a strong sense of separation from Father. Would you all agree with that? Everybody has. They felt in fear with a false sense of lack and need. Jesus being holy breath. His earth ministry revealed that all people were already holy breath, or you can say spirit if you want, as one body. He set us free from the law that produced a mistaken identity and death to the knowledge of Father. When we look at that, which is spiritual, with eyes wide open, it reveals our eternal freedom and it makes us free from the religious laws, which produce a sense of lack and self-condemnation. And I don't know about you, but it was a one happy day when I got free from the law because I never could follow it, never could obey it if he would. Verse 25, Jesus, who was very much man and very much Father, just as we are, was put on exhibit by Father to reveal Father's love and to stop erroneous belief in the sacrificial system and giving to please or giving to appease. He stopped the sacrificial system by himself, by shedding his blood and dying to declare and decree our eternal righteousness. Father did not demand or require Jesus' blood sacrifice. Jesus loved the world so much that he was willing to allow the Pharisees and Sadducees to murder him. It brought about an end to the record-keeping of right and wrong, good and bad, of which the law system demanded. Jesus' life and ministry was the revelation, the apocalyptic disclosure, which revealed the love of Father and which revealed the eternal identity and posture of every person, past, present, and future. Verse 26, Jesus existed to affirm man's righteousness, to reveal the truth of man's holy character and nature. He was here to persuade us of our eternal righteousness, which exists age after age. Knowing this fact, how can you boast in your success in following the law? Nobody can, you know. Uh, of which law should you boast? Should you boast about tolling to obey Moses' law? No, you should boast in the law of spirit, and put your confidence in that law. You should boast about what Father, through Jesus, revealed to all people. Our confidence is in the one and only spirit law, the law of spirit and life found in our holy breath, or in our spirit. And I'm noted here in my notes, the law of spirit of life is this, it's feed from teachers who teach about the tree of life, or teach your righteousness. Do not feed from the teachers of good and bad because that's what got man in trouble in the first time, first place. So feeding on the knowledge of God and the bad results of death is the, uh, you know, uh, is, is the problem, of, excuse me, of good and bad results in death. Feeding on the teachers of life and the righteousness results in perpetual abundant life. You can really enjoy the life that God provided for us. In verse 28, we have come to this conclusion. We realize and experience our eternal righteousness by putting our confidence in what Jesus revealed about the decree and the decision Father gave before the foundation of the world to create people holy and upright. We put our faith in Father's faith now. I don't put my faith in my faith. I don't put my faith in what I did or don't do. I put my faith in Father's faith because Father has great faith in me and great faith in you. <clears throat> we will never realize that and experience our eternal righteousness by tolling in the law with its worthless deeds, which its tolling in dead works to attain righteousness. Our Father is not only the Father of the Jews, Father is the Father of all people, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, past, present, our future. Verse 30, we know there is only one Father who from, from the foundation of the world rendered all people holy, just, and innocent, and you can never lose that. Including people who put their confidence in the works of the Mosaic Law and those who live by confidence in Father. Father eternally sees all people as they were from the beginning, eternally righteous, holy, and pure. He sees them all in their true state, sons and daughters who image their Father. So I might add there, what is our problem then? We have an identity problem, right? I talked to a gentleman yesterday, and I'm telling him, the only problem you have is you have an identity problem. So, verse 31, what then do we conclude concerning Moses' law? Moses' law and all the due to be efforts are rendered entirely idle, loosened, brought to naught, made void, and vanished away from us as we place our reliance on the disclosure of Jesus' revelation. He sought to share, and he sought to share but the people were so bankrupt they wouldn't listen, right? Yes. So he revealed this truth. All people are holy. And in no way does the law of Moses continue to stand. It does not. And any other law that your religion might try to put on you, it's, 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 it's not true. You do not have any law to make you do anything to please God because God's already pleased with you. So that's pretty much a sermon right there all mm-hmm. by itself. <clears throat> it's <pretty laughs> so... Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus wasn't Jesus, and his name wasn't Jesus in the biblical days. His name was I- Iosis in the-, in the Aramaic. His name was Yeshua. Uh, and what it means is whose help is Jehovah. In other words, his source was Jehovah. It means, de- his name means deliverance. His name means safety. His name means helper, prosper, and deliverance through Jehovah. So that's it. Name means what? Nature. So that was his nature to bring a message that would bring deliverance. Well, that's our nature too, to do that. So I found a name in uh, the Old Testament, and it's Abahu, A B I H U. It's an ancient Hebrew name, and the name Abahu means "Father is" or "He who is." It means "Whom he whom he is Father of," and "He who is my Father," and "God is Father." And he was one of the sons of Aaron, along with Abuhu, they were set apart for the priesthood. Now, the priesthood points to Christ's sonship. That's what that points to, Christ's sonship. So we can see that along with the word Christ, meaning contact with father, Christ is also could be understood as sonship. So Jesus the Christ, or you could say Jesus the son. And a son is in contact with the father, right? They have perfect union. So that means there is a physical, that means there is a spiritual connection between the son and the father. And no gender implied there, but we're talking about Jesus. So I, to me, that I, when I found that, I said that just confirms so much more that we are sons and we are fathers of God. Now the Bible talked about Jesus being the son of God, but Jesus was a son of God, just like we are a son or a daughter of God. So this relationship of oneness was perfectly dem- demonstrated by Jesus as a son of God, not the only son. And that's a major problem today is most people think that he was the only son of God and we're just adopted. And that's not true. And we try to explain that away and talk about, well, how adopted children have more rights and all that stuff. Well, we weren't adopted, you know, and so we, weren't, we were always one with Father. So another ancient Hebrew name is Abijah, A-B-I-J-A-H, means whose father is Jehovah. My father is Jah, Yah. My father is Jehovah. So Abijah refers to this manifest man as being the offspring of father or the son of God again. So there's several other names in there that have that same meaning that really explain to us, well, that flies just gonna drive me crazy. Put some fly spray on me. <the laughs> So he refers to this manifest man, and that's what Jesus was. He manifested himself as Son of God, and we are Son of God, and we are the manifest presence of that, but we have to manifest ourselves. We have, just like we have to let that same mind that was in Jesus be in us, we have to let that manifest come forth, and we have to pay attention to ourselves. Is anything I'm doing, anything I'm saying, less than who I am? Not to please God, but so you can be who you are. So, again, one who is in perfect contact with Father, which we all are, 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 and everybody are, but many are not aware, and that's the problem. Whether you are aware that you're in contact with Father or not, you are in contact with Father. That contact is sure, but you're not aware. So the problem is some live according to this principle, if you would, to a greater or lesser extent. Some people have greater awareness, some people have little awareness, some people have no awareness whatsoever. Some wonder from this ideal person who they're created to be and live more in a carnal mindset and a religious mind, uh, uh, a religious understanding of yes. God. And if you have a religious understanding of God, then you don't know God. You don't know Father whatsoever. And I, I know that bothers a lot of people because they think they do and they've been conditioned to worship this God that this religion worships. And it's usually always one that needs appeasement. So as a Son of God, Jesus always demonstrated humility, he always demonstrated a willingness to serve the people, which is a sign of true discipleship. And you find, you know, you can, we all grew up in church and you can find a lot of people in churches that don't want to serve anybody. They just want to be served all the time. So that's not a a real sign of discipleship whatsoever. So. Jesus exists in a realm of being where the limitations of form are dissolved. Does that make sense? We feel like we're limited to our form. You know, we used to sing that song, I'm just a human. And we think, well, we, we, we look at our bodies and we age and, you know, all the things that limits us. But Jesus exists in this place where the limit, there is no limitation whatsoever, and that's the cool of the day. So he manifested that realm of being as he ministered in Jerusalem. And the surrounding areas and he, he he showed them who father was he never tried to make a reputation of himself he never tried to get people to bow down to him but he, he was here to show people who we are and see he did that perfectly and I believe he now lives in a body but the body idea I believe it's a spiritual body and I believe that I personally believe that Jesus is still here because there is no distance in the spirit realm and if Jesus needed to show up he could but nobody on planet Earth would recognize him because nobody really knows what he looked like, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, we have these paintings that we have, but that's not Jesus. That was a model, that that model for that picture. Tell so that, tell that story what Allie told yesterday. I don't remember, baby. enough to tell it about that man that was berating her because she didn't believe the way he oh, believed, yeah. and then yeah, there was a, my daughter had a guy that was just really beating her up because she didn't believe the way that he believed, you know, and. He didn't think she was a christian and he was getting really angry and and just really angry so she walked up and just hugged him put her arms around him and hugged him and even while she was hugging him he was hollering and you got to get saved he was really angry and then she backed away and she said she said don't you realize that christ just you're you're so angry you don't even realize that christ just hugged you you know and that is true that is true uh, we the Bible says we entertain angels which are messengers we entertain angels or messengers unaware and, and there are messengers still in this planet that some have gone alone and uh, gone not but some are still here in their physical bodies I'm a messenger I've been to many uh, fellowship meetings where they entertain me unaware and they didn't know what I had to offer them and so I had to just sit and be quiet so you know that's a great story there so just Christ, in you. Uh, yes, Christ so he now lives in a body idea if you would so one of the greatest blessings that we received from her mother was a physical body you ever think about that the greatest blessing because we were spirit yes. we were conceived but we got this physical body that we could be birthed and show forth the glory of God yes. and, and what does the Bible Bible call us the temple of God yes. we we uh, Jesus told the disciples, he said, I've got to go away. and But he said, I'm going to go prepare a place. And he said, in my Father's house, there are many abodes. They, they put the word a dwelling place. And that's why people think that Jesus is up there building uh, mansions for everybody. But he said, there are many abodes, or many dwelling places. And we're the dwelling place of the Father. Yes, amen. So we need a physical body, really, to become spiritual and physically like our Heavenly Father. And our bodies are so important. They are so important, and they are holy, Mm -hmm. and that's why we've been taught. I mean, physical science and medical—they all try to teach us to take care of ourselves to keep living. But we are holy, and we've got to take care of our thoughts about ourselves because we we think ill of our bodies. You know, right now some of us are starting to physically age, and we're beginning to think our body's wearing out. But this body is supernatural; it's other than just physical, and. It would be important for us to start seeing that and that we gotta condition ourselves to that. Our bodies are, are valuable, our bodies are holy. Our spiritual body is is our connection to all things, including the earth, you know, including Father. And so this provides protection when we know this. It, we have this understanding, we have this help, we have this guidance that comes from the voice of Father that speaks to our thoughts. And that's why it's important sometimes. To be calm and quiet and listen. Because Father can speak to us all the time, but we're so busy thinking about other things and we never hear it at all. We never hear the voice. So when Jesus resurrected resurrected himself from the tomb that the Jews and the Romans put him in, he did not leave the planet as we were taught. We were taught that he ascended up and he went to heaven and he's up there building mansions and he's going to come back someday and get us. That's what most modern christians believe today but what he did is he simply entered the inner spiritual realm if you would if it, it, and again if he needs to become visible he could but you wouldn't know it was jesus or not it's just like i've told you before when i was in the mayo clinic the first time in rochester minnesota i was distressed from what a doctor told me i was distressed because an airline company treated me really bad on the airline ticket, so i needed comforting right My wife wasn't there to comfort me and say, okay, honey, it's gonna be okay. And I was really down. And this young man appeared to me as a comforter messenger and he gave me a comforting word that encouraged me. And then he just disappeared. Was it Jesus? I don't know, you know. If it was, I wouldn't recognize him. But it's important for us to understand that. Uh, Many people want to see Jesus and it's because they have a strong desire for things. That they miss out on the comforting messenger most people want Jesus to come back and do something Mm -hmm. for them and we've been conditioned to pray to Jesus all the time and if you need to do that that's fine father meets you where you're at but the best thing to do is talk to your father yes right I'm thankful I say it all the time I'm thankful for Jesus I believe Jesus was the most awesome comforter messenger that ever lived on this planet and I believe he still does and he did a lot and, and he's still doing things to help people but when Jesus left people's sight, he accomplished that by refining and spiritualizing and raising his entire soul to this higher degree of spiritual power. Some people today call it frequency, whatever it is. He raised himself to that and he translated and left their sight. And I believe again, he went to other places and ministered to people. I believe he, he appeared to Paul. And I believe he took Paul out into the desert and he taught him, I, I believe he appeared to John again on the Isle of Patmos, and I believe he taught those things to John. And I believe that, uh, I, I won't tell you everything I believe about it, but that's what I believe. So he knew father as unlimited love. Yes. I taught on love last week and I really enjoyed that. I hope everybody else did too. I still think about it a lot, but he, he knew father as unlimited love. He knew Father as ever-present. I don't have to go find Father. I enjoy going to church and fellowshiping with people. I miss that. I miss going into a church where we have music and we have fellowship and all that, but I don't have to go there to be in the presence of Father. I am the presence of Father, right? And we were taught we had to come to church. A lot of people today will tell people, well, the only thing wrong with you is you need to go to church. Well, that's not true, you know. And so, Uh, He knew Father as abundant life. He knew Father as wisdom, and he knew Father as supply, and he knew he was in contact with that. You know, I have a certain amount of money in my checking account, and I know it's there, and it's mine, and it's a supply that I have a right to. How much greater if we knew that we were in contact with the divine mind, with Father, and we had all the love we need, We have the very presence of God with us everywhere we go. Uh, We we have abundant life that we can tap tap into. We have all wisdom. We have all supply and everything there is, and we know all things. Do you have to know it all now? No. But when the circumstance comes up, I think you can say, Father, uh, I need to tap into how to fix this motorcycle. I need to tap into how to fix this four-wheeler that Father helped me with years ago before I knew anything. You know something's going on in our life or or i have a brother or sister I'm ministering to what can i say to them i counseled a guy yesterday and this morning the lord told me to, to to call him back today and say the only problem you have is a mistaken identity and that's what i'm gonna do i'm going to change your identity that's it you know so we can get an answer we really can if we would see so he knew that as a son of god he had access to every blessing to all wisdom, to all love, from everything that's in his divine mind, from Father. If Father is not up there for me reach, Father is inside of me right now. Jesus did not simply believe the words he spoke, he knew that they were true. You know, a lot of us are guilty of saying, well, I believe, you know, I believe. Now, I'll, I'll always remember that time that the man brought his child to Jesus and asked him to heal him, and he said, I will, do you believe, and he said, yes, Lord. I believe it helped me in my unbelief so he didn't know he believed you know that's kind of like I believe and that you can give me a hundred dollars but it's more important to say I know you can I know you well enough that when my birthday comes I've got a hundred dollar bill coming <laughs> well cuz she does that but there's a difference in believing and knowing and I, I really believe that we need to get to this place that we know that we know that we know so There's nothing wrong with exposing that. (laughs) Or your kids. Huh? (laughs) She tips me. (laughs) So Jesus' words were pregnant with meaning. Were pregnant with meaning. And that's why it's important for us to study the words of Jesus. And I taught that in uh, in the beginning when I taught the spiritual code and symbology of the living word. I explained a lot of his statements that he made. But they were vital. uh, Vital you know we have vital organs. Without those organs, we can't live. You know I have two kidneys. Without one of them, I can live. But if you take the other one out, I can't live. Do you take my heart out. I mean, my, my heart was taken out, and if they didn't put that heart back in, I wouldn't live. Sure. You know, so Not sometimes, for very long. huh? <laughs> Not for very long. Not for very long. But but so words are vital. It's important to hear godly words and truthful words and so many people have grown up with horrible words not just at home with abusive parents but in church we've heard words like wrath and indignation and anger and punishment and judgment and all that stuff sinner that one word right there has done great damage to people Uh, norma has friends that You know, that they no matter what she said, they still feel like they're sinners and they've been in church all their life. So we need living words, and that's what Jesus had, which carried conviction and produced immediate results. Everything that everything that he said, if people would have listened to him, if they did listen, it produced immediate results. When they asked to be healed, and he said, I will, and, and they said and they believed, it produced immediate results. All right. Some people call it that a miracle, but it's not. It's just a normal way of life. So I, I, I like this, I put this down. Jesus was a way shower. Remember he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. He didn't say, I'm, I'm the only way that you had to come to me, but he said, I'm here to show you the way, I'm showing you the truth, and I'm showing you the life. Look at me, see how I live. And he came that we might be aware of our life more by he didn't come to bring it as the king james bible says i see people quote that all the time hi deborah he he, he said i he was saying i'm coming to make you aware that you have life and you have life more abundantly <clears throat> so he came to awaken man to the possibilities of their nature and that's the greatest ministry that we can have is to awaken people to the possibilities of their nature yes. and it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter if you're a Uh, a carpenter and a farmer it doesn't matter if you're a wife or a husband or a child or whatever it is you can help awaken people by just saying words that are pregnant with life you don't have to preach a sermon you don't have to know what I know from 40 something years of studying but you've got to know the love of God and you've got to know that all people are holy all you got to do is say you know what Uh, that feel felt found I can't tell you how I know how you feel but I know how I felt when I thought I wasn't holy. Mm-hmm. You mind if I tell you about what what feel felt found mm-hmm. uh, what I found out mm-hmm. and that's such a great way and who wouldn't say yes I'd like to know and then you can just give them, plan a few words that you then you become a way show yourself. Yes. And so he he came to uh, bear witness to truth, And the scripture says in 1 John 4 17, as he is, so are we in this world. We're we're just like Jesus. We're sons and daughters of God. And we're here to help people, to to bear witness to the truth. How do you bear witness to the truth? With your life, the way you live. So he used this one true way to the realization of eternal life and a universal consciousness. And its influence on the race of mankind cannot even begin to be measured. What Jesus did is infinite and eternal, and it's 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 over two thousand years, and people still treat, teaching about Jesus. The problem is they're just they're just mixing it with with religi- religiosity, and that's that's diluting it. So the Jews were under the dominion of an earth-minded priesthood. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. They were under the dominion. They were under the dominion of the law. And they were in a state of ignorance as it regards to spiritual things, and they didn't know thinking for themselves. Sure. That's a big problem in the church world today. Yes. That's a big problem in the entire world today. Yes. Very few people think for themselves. They let their leaders tell them what to believe, they let the circumstances tell them what to believe. Mm-hmm and that produces fear and confusion and it it can uh, produces bondage to those that you listen to so that that sounds like many of people in the past and present so hence they could not recognize or comprehend that they comprehend the things that jesus spoke because they were they were indoctrinated with the law and so who are we indoctrinated to baptist lutheran methodist pentecost buddhism Uh, Islam, every religion, whatever it is that we've studied under, we're in bondage to that. And I know there are people today that might hear this, I don't think my followers that way are, but people might hear this and very offended because they think Jesus is God. Not just God as we are called God, but he was absolutely God and there was no other person like him. And they've been taught to worship Jesus. When Jesus told John don't bow down to me, worship the Father. And worship means ascertaining and seeking to know the Father. That's why Jesus came, that we would know the Father. Yes. And people need to understand that. Yeah. So they could not recognize or understand what he spoke, and they were looking for a temporal king who would restore them, who would re, uh, bring, uh, usher in the glory of Solomon. They wanted that back. They wanted, to, they wanted Jesus to break the rule of Rome in their life, right? All physical things, all temporal things, and they were too far away from the spiritual idea of that Father within themselves. Father within themselves. And I, I would venture to say there's a large percentage of people today that have no clue that Father's in them or that they're holy. That's why I love my car tag. I'm still seeing people almost every time I go out looking up over the hood or pointing to it like to whoever's sitting next to him, and I would love to hear what they're saying because it's the truth so this spiritual idea that there's contact with Father and that Father's within, within us is our hope of glory and glory to me means knowing who you are if I don't know who I am then I'm not going to glorify the Father because that's who I am, I'm a son of Father everything that Father is I am and that would free them from the bondage of their in their awareness the bondage in their body uh the, uh, bo- uh the bondage in their environment and that's what jesus came to do and what did they do they killed him for it because they didn't want to lose control and that's what we're seeing in our political system and our financial system and even in our medical system all the leaders they don't want to lose control and so they're doing their best to hide the truth And so they failed to realize that Jesus was exemplifying this perfect ideal of man that God wanted for man. The union of man and father is important for us. I posted this on Facebook last night, but in the Hebrew, uh, the meaning of Beulah, you remember Beulah land? That song? Beulah is married, that's what it means. So physically, Beulah was a name that was given by Isaiah to the land of Israel and that they were to they were to return to that. But other than physical, which would mean spiritual, the allegorical meaning of Buda is the rich and happy state of the individual who has entered into conscious union with the divine. That's what Buda land is. It's not me going to heaven someday. I remember us singing that in the Pentecost Holiness Church and full gospel assembly. And it's always talking about we're longing for this land and you know, for some reason or another, it ended up being a planet, another planet to go to to get away from here. Right. But you know what? If we all raptured today and went somewhere else, and yet we didn't change our awareness, we would turn it into the same thing. Yep. Wouldn't we? Just, would we? Yes. It's just like we see people in the United States right now leaving other states mm-hmm. that are very mixed up, if you would, in my opinion. And they're leaving there because what it's doing, but they're coming to other states and they want to turn us into what they left. Right. Because you've got to change them, not the whole thing. You've got to change their awareness. Mm-hmm. So the same thing here. So we could say one in whom the marriage of the Lamb has taken place symbolizes the raising of the whole consciousness to a perfect and complete oneness with Father or an in indwelling contact. When you make contact, that's the marriage of the Lamb. All right? The Lamb means lambkin. It's a it's a child if you would. It's a, uh, maybe it could be even a lesser understanding, but when you enter into that contact and you make contact, then you, you, you become more spiritually mature, if you would. So also, this speaks of the marriage of the Lamb as lifting up and unifying of wisdom and love in the individual consciousness. When you allow the wisdom and love of God to be a great part of your conscious thinking all the time, where it dominates it all the time, then that's a marriage. A marriage is what? Two becoming one so uh we uh, when the spiritual marriage is taken place the condition the individual is blessed it's rich and it's full and when i mean rich i'm not talking about money it's rich in all things rich in what father's provided for us so we could say that jesus was the ideal man that we all are to demonstrate he demonstrated what man was supposed to be he demonstrated what the first race of man was before they listened to teachers of knowledge of good and evil and so our divine mind in each of us is always seeking perfect expression father wants to express himself he wants to show forth himself and that should be our our earnest effort to have his conscious awareness open in order for the divine main uh, mind to function we need to open ourselves and we could say here i am lord you know like when you say here i am send me well father here i am i'm paying attention i'm listening i'm i'm gonna spend much time on a daily basis listening to you and let you talk to me and can you imagine how much your life would be better i mean if we could physically go visit god every day do you think your day would be better yeah so why not spiritually too and so i say if you're having a bad day get off by yourself and talk to father and just listen to father don't pray and ask for things don't 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 repent, and apologize for who you are, but just talk to Father. Mm-hmm. Talk about the world. Talk about your environment. Tell them how much you love and how much you're you're, you're blessed, and be thankful. Mm-hmm. And just say, Father, I need a word for you because something's going on in me and I'm not feeling good. And then listen, and you'd be surprised what you'll hear. Mm-hmm. You'll hear this is the way He walked you in. Amen. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. like when I talk to people, lots of people on the phone, I. I I usually tell them at the end of the conversation and I talk to them about their identity and basically comes I'm saying, this is the way walk you in it. You can, you can listen to somebody for an hour tell their whole life history but then when you get to the end of that, you can say, I know what your problem is, you have an identity problem. Not what happened to you. No. The problem is, is you're identifying with what happened to yes. you. Yes, something happened yes. to all of us. Everybody's had something bad happen in their lives. I don't care who it is. I guarantee you Kay Fairchild has had something bad happen to her life. To and if she had a health issue, whatever. But if you identify with that, then that's your problem. That's right. And it'll bring a lot of help to people. So we're told to ask in the nature of Jesus. The word is name in the Bible, but to that's me right. it's nature. So we ask the way Jesus did. And it's, a, it's an earnest desire for this consciousness which Jesus possessed and handled. That's what I want to do. I want to possess who I am. I want to handle who I am. I want to go out and be able to perform who Father has created me to be. (coughs) Excuse me. So we all have the same divine mind consciousness, but but we have not known how to possess and handle those things. And that's what we're learning here. And we hope you people that are following us are learning, Hi Paul. So yes, identity is huge. Uh, The harmonious relationship between Father and Jesus was, And for us it it attained it was attained by conversation with father as i said a minute ago it was obtained by meditation it was obtained by constantly affirming father's presence and power in us realizing there's no place you can go that father's not there right in the midst of your storm father's right there right and uh it was done uh by constantly affirming father's presence constantly confirming father's power inside of us we are powerful beyond imagination and the greatest power we have is understanding and wisdom and knowledge and we can go forth and give answers to a lot of things that seem to be impossible for the world today so if we would have father manifest through us then we must endeavor to raise our thoughts and feelings to the standard of the divine mind and identify with that not what happened to me not what i did or what i didn't do but raise my thoughts and think on these things right a lot of people can write books on what happened to him 40 and 50 years ago it's the truth is it's time to let that go yes i mean it's not it's all it's doing is hurting you Amen. you know uh I, I years ago i wanted to write a book on the children of the, of the of the lie and talk about what happened in my church life and all that that wouldn't help anybody no. whatsoever you, because we all could say I'm in a child of a lion, in some right. area or whatever, but we let him go by faith and we just raise our awareness up to Father. Mm-hmm. So modern day Christian belief is that Jesus was the man of Nazareth, the son of Mary, the savior of mankind. But he was much more than what the followers of Christianity believed him to be. He existed as the I am man. And when you look at the phrase I am, it means I exist. When Father told Moses, say, I am, that I am sent you, it literally said, say, I exist, that I exist. And where did Father exist? He existed in Moses, right? Mm -hmm. And he spoke to Moses and he gave direction to Moses. So when Jesus started his ministry, there was a lack of conscious connection between the thinking faculty of mankind. They didn't feel connected to Father. They always thought the priest could see the Father because only the priest could go into the temple, right? So they were never allowed themselves to actually know God. Can you imagine that man? That you had to go to a preacher for everything because you don't, you can't know God. You're not worthy. But that's where they were at. True. And so that's why this messenger was sent to Jerusalem and the surrounding areas to reconnect people and their understanding, to, to correct their identity. And so when he started his ministry where there was this lack there, And people did not know really who their fountainhead was, which was father. Many people today are still wondering where we came from. Who are we? Where did we come from? Well, it's not easy. I mean, not hard to explain if you'll just listen, you know. So mankind had reached this very low state of awareness. And yes, there were all kinds of problems going on. But the sin was a mistaken identity. Yes. The sin was having no awareness of father. Everything else was a fruit of that. True. Correct the, the awareness, all that other stuff will go away. So then came Jesus of Nazareth, whose mission was to connect the thinker to their true source of thought. Thinking currently brought mankind into this deplorable condition and yet, Thinking spiritually and staying in contact with Father rises you up to a great condition. Life and life more abundantly. Amen. So no matter what happens to persons or what they do, there is nothing, according to Apostle Paul, that could separate us from Father. And I would say the same thing to Father. He would say, there's nothing that can separate you from me. Amen. Just like I would tell my children, there's nothing, no way, no, how nothing can separate me from my two daughters and my son or my grandchildren. Amen. And I say the same thing with people I minister to and people I love. Nothing can separate me from you. There's nothing you can tell me or say to me. You can be mean to me, but you're not going to separate me because you're my friend, you're my brother, you're my sister. But there can be a strong sense of separation. That's a lot of people's experience today uh, if they're not in contact with Father. And people have taken their lives, they wanted to take their lives, they've gone to all kinds of things, they've gone to all kinds of places for love and they're going to the wrong places when they need to go to their father and the reason why is because they're going to a version of father that they're not getting it they're going to a version of father if I seek love to God that requires me to do something to please him then I'm not going to get any help right You're not. if I had to follow laws then I'm not getting any help whatsoever because I can't follow the laws. And when I do, they'll just make another one. And Jesus proved that to the young rich ruler that came to him and said, I've obeyed all the law. What must I do to, I guess, follow him or enter the kingdom of heaven? I forget what he said, but Jesus knew what he was thinking. He even thought it was by the law. So he said, okay, if you need to know what to do, go sell all you have and give to the poor. And he turned around and walked away because he couldn't do it. And that's what Jesus, Jesus wasn't been mean to him. He was just trying to explain to him that it's not about that. Okay. So it's plain to any unbiased awareness that Jesus in Nazareth was a religious reformer. A religious reformer with a mission from Father that had an insight into those things which were, were always mysteries to people. And he they, those truths were immersed into his consciousness. And that through his knowledge and harmony with his mission, he would set in emotion, a spiritual idea. It was a plan. It was a plan of Father mm-hmm. at this time that I'm sending this messenger and this messenger is going to come to, to set these people free. And basically that was the majority of the people in the world at that time. Amen. So there are many comforter messengers in our present time who are grinding out the word and are making it understandable to the reader are there are the are the people listening to the scripture their plan is to help mankind to a higher realization and to a realization of father and to know who father is and there was an uh, i feel like i've been going for a long time but i got are we all right 20 more minutes so there was an ancient name man, uh, a man named jonan j-o-a-n-a-n and his name means jehovah has graciously given and jonan was in the, in the genealogy of jesus jesus possessed full understanding that father provided mankind with all that they would ever need so Jonon jonan symbolizes the abundance of whatever is required daily all the father <clears throat> is always at our disposal Everything that Father is, is at our disposal. It belongs to us, and it's righteousness. So all life, all love, all intelligence, all light, all faith, all power, all substance, all strength, all truth, all that Father is and has is ours today. Amen. All of it. Amen. So they all are ours all the time. We have to put, uh, all we have to do is realize as Jesus did, and we bring forth that uh, expression and we bring forth that manifestation by means of our true thoughts and our true words and through the idea that i exist lives in us therefore i exist as a son of god i exist as the image and the face of god and so father is our indwelling divine mind so no matter what uh, who or what produced jesus he held fast to this truth and that's what we must do whatever comes to us whether it could be sickness or disease or a sense of lack or whatever, we we have to constantly put into our words that I have all things. And that means we don't say that I lack. We don't speak that way to ourselves. So Father is our indwelling divine mind. No matter who, again, or no matter what, we resist that. So Jesus, as a child, represented the spirit of truth, declaring its mission and power and this place of development as a child and he he, he he had that he didn't lose it and his everyday awareness was this way to the point that by the time he turned 12 you know we know he confounded the law the, the lawyers of the law so he represented father's idea and so we find jesus passing through trials because he had trials he had temptations and mental differences i mean i'm sure there was temptations to do something to resist the jews or whatever and mental uh, mental differences of each of us yet he did it he went through it without lowering his identity he knew who he was Amen. and that's Amen. why i say in luke chapter four he wasn't been tempted of a devil or anything he got away from the crowd and he had to settle two questions before he did his ministry one is am i who father says i am and I'm, am I here to, to stay and be their king or I'm, am I here to go away because he was going to have to go away because if not they would have constantly come to him for healing, health, money and everything which they still do today yes. right but he knew that he was going to have to leave at one time but he knew that he was a son of God that's powerful The note: that I am a son of God I am I'm a daughter here. of God. And he did that without failing, therefore he never allowed false thoughts to take dominion over him. Lord. Never. Thanks and that's Lord. why we have to do that, because Don't we, we still have, have false God. thoughts that come to us all Holy the time. Holy Spirit. Huh? I said, Holy Spirit, help us. That's right. So, Amen. we can put on a new man, I love you more. we put on a new man, and that is, we bring forth the same divine mind that jesus handled himself we do that for ourselves and what i mean by bringing on the new man is we already are the new man yes. we never had an old yes. man That's we correct. had an old awareness yes. right and kay talked about one time putting on what it means and it's like a comfortable coat and just yeah. sinking into it now, you know some people don't feel worthy to put that righteous coat on. Well, you have it on already. Amen. So you need to put it on right up here in your awareness and your understanding. Mm -hmm. And so so what we have to do then, is we have to relinquish the old man awareness of Mm -hmm. error and limitations to the the denial of its reality. What my dad did, or my mother did to me, you know, if it was something bad, I have to deny that as my reality. It's not my reality. Because too many people think that they, they were raised poor, so their reality is they're going to be poor all their life. Or I was abused as a child, so my reality is this is going to affect me all my life. No. We've got to get to this place where we deny it. Amen. We deny it's right. Amen. You know, I talk, I talk about Melanie Griffith a long time ago, an actress that was selling makeup or whatever, and she said, I don't... I don't deny that I'm 40 years old, because she thought she was old then, but she said, I defy its right to make me look old. Amen. I don't deny that I'm 72, but I'm not, I deny its right to make me act like curlax. <laughs> 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 <Poor Paul. laughs> you know, I'm joking. I act that way, too. But we, we, we have to constantly say that, and it can't yes. just be a good sermon. It can't be yeah. something we just learn Sunday that's really good, and then we go back in our life, and we give it a right to affect mm-hmm. our life. We can't do that, so we don't lower ourselves down. We we cast down. Paul said, "casting down," which is present progressive, casting down vain imaginations. And uh, uh, so, what we do is we change our awareness. And then the second step is to accept the truth of our being Thank in you, faith Lord. in Father's faith. Yes, that's the truth in our being. That's good. How do I know who I am? Find out what Father okay. thinks about you. Go back to the foundation where it said that Father decided, decreed, and declared that we are one with him. Amen. That we are his son. We yes. are his daughters. And He his, his, right, his decision was a righteous judgment. Yes. That we are upright and we are holy. And he never changed his mind. That's right. And twice in the Bible it says, Father sees the end from the beginning. Yes. That means he sees you today just the way he saw you when you were yes. created for the foundation. You, no Lord. matter what you're doing That's right. no matter oh, yeah. what you've done <laughs> he still sees you as holy and righteous mm. <clears throat> so Good word. the in contact man is the man that father created in contact the perfect ideal man and it is the authentic, uh, authentic self of all people and Jesus was the Christ self if you would brought forth into perfect expression and manifestation and we can too So, Jesus, the man of Nazareth, demonstrated that this attainment is possible for all mankind. And as a consequence, he was what I call the type man for this world. So what are we exhorted? Let this same mind that was in Jesus be in you. What mind? The divine mind. Allow it. We have to allow it. We have it, but we have to allow it. So, this implies that all may demonstrate as Jesus did. So, to make this attainment required careful training of our thoughts, paying attention, Yes. you know, not having affairs with your thoughts. How many of you have ever done that? You just A thought came, and next thing you know, you're writing a book, you know, you're making up the whole story. And a lot of it sometimes is produced by fear. Yes. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I lost my job yesterday, so I'm going to lose my house, I'm going to lose every, everything I have. My wife is going to leave me. I mean, all the stuff that people think. Mm-hmm. And they just, they just have this affair with these carnal thoughts. And then you give it power and what does it do then it produces fear that's right so this seems almost superhuman to do this but all super means is other than so it's other than human ways it's spiritual ways supernatural is the same way it's other than just natural it's spiritual Mm -hmm. so the human-minded person is temporary the human-minded person is mortal mortal means liable die mentality But this divine is permanent. The divine-minded person is unfailing and immortal. In other words, I don't walk around with this liable die mentality, Mm -hmm. or liable to lack, or liable to do without. So the individual consciousness, the meaning of Jesus being born in Bethlehem, Judah is the principle of truth that has laid hold of this intelligent substance of the spirit, which Bethlehem represents spirit. And through praise, which Judea represents that, uh, uh, we have brought in, that we are brought into what's called an in-contact person. We're always, what praise means is to tell the story. So we, we repeat, we rehearse the story in us that I was born a father. When my dad and mom came together, the spark of life entered into my egg. And I was formed into the, the holy temple of God. Yes, amen. I mean, I wish these abortion lovers could listen to this that we were, you were formed as yes. a temple yes. of the living God Amen. and have so much possibility yes. and so much calling on your life everybody is special yes. everybody has something to do in their life that's special that's going to help humanity so what happened, we were led astray uh, by false te- teachings of who we were and who Father was Jesus was not led astray no. Jesus stayed in contact So it's wise to protect the newborn spiritual consciousness. And what happened to people when they came to church? And I'm not against the church. I love the church. But the leaders were messed up. They had the wrong understanding. And they were not protected. They were not told who they really were. They were told that they're sinners and they need to say the sinner's prayer. And then you're still a sinner saved by grace. And here's a bunch of rules or you'll lose that salvation. Well... It was terrible yeah. and that picture is herod you remember herod he he, he heard about jesus been born uh-huh. and what did he do he was seeking the young child to destroy him yes. so that's really a spiritual picture to us that religion wants to destroy the child before it can grow into all it's supposed to be uh-huh. and so uh, we want to be under the guidance of spirit and what happens is uh Herod ended up destroying himself, Jesus was in Egypt for a while, and then the killer children died, and then Jesus was allowed to come forth and live his free and contact life. Does that make sense to you? You can take some of these stories and see all that. But Herod represents the carnal mind. Herod represents religiousity that, that wants to destroy with its laws and rules and regulations and so Jesus in the temple again and we talked about that by the time he left there and by the time he was taught properly then he was totally tapped into his divine mind and that's pretty powerful to me so i'm going to close with this give me about five minutes i think i've got about five minutes in matthew 10:5, we find jesus sent out 12 disciples i'm not going to read it but this this symbolizes the 12 faculties of the divine mind uh, in every person has a function under the direction of I exist. You have faculties to live that God gave you but they've got to the function under your divine mind and you've got to use those faculties for spiritual things. They're powerful but they need to the function with the power of spirit and Jesus performed out of this and we can too. The first faculty of our divine mind is faith and we used to think it was faith in our faith. You know I used to hear people say well the reason you're not getting this or that is because you don't have enough faith we've all heard that so the first one is faith and it's represented by Peter and it's pictured in the pineal gland right up here in the pineal gland and it's the perceiving power of the divine mind which the power to share substance so literally we have the power to share substance and Jesus had that and substance could be healing substance to what he spoke it turned into substance and people experienced that number two is strength Andrew represents strength and it's pictured in the loins are the small part of the back and it's the energy of spirit it's freedom from weakness freedom from weakness its stability of character because see Damian remains that Damian means a supernatural spirit of a bad character right so because They were supernatural. They were spirit, but they didn't know who they were, so they functioned out of a bad character. So it's 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 freedom of of uh, weakness, stability of character, power to withstand temptations. To me, one of the worst temptations is to believe your lie. I'm tempted to believe the lie that you you know that you're no good, that you're not going to make it or whatever, and then the uh, the capacity to accomplish also it's the faculty of steadfastness dependability stability and capacity to endure now i know i've got a lot of this and if you want me to send you the text of this i will just message me and i'll send it to you and then number three is wisdom and good judgment we have that faculty we can function out of wisdom and good judgment that's represented by james the son of zebedee and it's pictured in the solar plexus and it's intuitively knowing spiritual intuition and this knowing capacity transcends intellectual knowledge, not just intellectual, but spiritual. And, uh, let's try and think of something. Oh, it's in, informed by spiritual understanding. It is the faculty by which we appraise, evaluate, and discern to make correct desi- decisions. We can make a correct decision. That's you right. ever said, I hope I made the right decision. And so this faculty helps you with that. And then what I preached on last week is love. John represents love. It's behind the heart. You know, I've told people before, when you see something and say, I love this, where do you put your hands most of the time? Oh, this makes me feel so good. That's the love center of the body. So love is the pure essence of being. It's the uh, attracting, harmonizing, unifying faculty of the mind. So it attracts people, if you would. And that's why I say people need to live their life in love all the time. Always be in love with the world, with beauty, with color, whatever. It's the constructive building force of spirit and our power, our comprehensive oneness. So Father is love. Father is a great harmonizer. Father is a great healer to brings things together. And so that comes from love through us. Number five is power. That's Philip pictured in the throat mankind's innate control over thoughts feelings and emotions also with the power of the truthful word we can co-create our world this is the power and dominion given to man since the beginning of time we've always had this this power faculty of the mind has the power to transform energy and bring forth divine ideas from our divine mind i know i'm going through this quick because i don't want to t- take a whole lesson just to teach this the six is imagination that's Bar- bartholomew it pictured in the nerve center between the eyes or the third eye, or you would call it the pineal gland. The faculty of the mind that images and forms. So we can image something and bring it into form, right? And image a spiritual thing and bring it into form. So the formative power of the mind that shapes thoughts based on divine ideas received in these mental images. And that's true because you know you can think on something negative and it can happen, right? you can image yourself sick today and you can begin to think about it and next thing you know you're sick Mm. so we are powerful that idea and imagination lays hold of ideas and it clothes them in that substance so if you lay hold of a bad idea you're clothing yourself in that substance and it's not good correct number seven is understanding thomas pictured in the right side of the forehead is spiritual intelligence is the quickening of the spirit within it's the ability of the divine mind to apprehend and realize the law of thought and of ideas one to another. It's the faculty by which we receive enlightenment and insight and our capacity to gain direct perceptions of truth, understanding. Mm-hmm. Number eight is will, which is Matthew, pictures in the left side of the forehead. The decision-making direction chooses faculty of the mind, or choosing the faculty of the mind, the determining factor in man, it's the venue which I exist expresses its potentiality. It moves all the other powers into action. Your will's strong, right? So we want a will led by our divine mind. When mankind wills to do the will of the Father, he or she wills in wisdom, love, spiritual understanding. They build spiritual character. And then number nine is order or divine order, which is represented by James, son of Alphaeus and it pictures in the area of the navel and the faculty by which we establish harmony, balance, right adjustment, and right sequence of action in our lives. The divine idea establishes man's thoughts, their awareness, their affairs, to be at one with the harmony of Father in all creation. Can you see how all this fits into who we are and our character? Then 10 is zeal or enthusiasm, which is Simon the Zealot, pictured in the, the medulla, which is in the back of the head. And it's the faculty of joy, enthusiasm, intensity, and exuberance. it it provides our urge to progress. It provides our urge to overcome, and it gives motivation to achieve holy breath in me, to understand that. And then number 11 is elimination. It's Thaddeus, it's pictured in the lower spine, uh, the faculty in which we release false beliefs and accomplish an awareness of cleansing. It could be your, your colon area. You, you get rid of all the junk, if you would, the bad thinking. You let go of old thoughts in order that new thoughts may find place in your consciousness. It eliminates error thoughts from the consciousness and subconscious awareness. Waste from the body because that's what it is. It's dumb, right? Paul said he considered everything he learned before he was taught by Jesus as dumb. So it needs to be eliminated. And then the last one is Life by Judas. It pictures in the generative center capable of producing and creating, so in the reproductive area. The faculty of the movement, vitality, wholeness, and creativity. It's the expression of the pure eternal life of Father within us. The expression of being manifesting as us. Life like substance of divine ideas, of divine mind. Life is the energy that propels all forms of action. Life is divine, life is spiritual, and life is the source of all things so we are always summoned to these faculties and union with these 12 plans of consciousness and it's powerful and it controls the way we think it controls our life jesus followed that because he was summoned to that and we're summoned to that ourselves so i hated to go through that real fast but i didn't want to take time to teach it all so i hope this blessed you i don't know if i'll do another chapter because there's so much talking to you about who jesus is but I've, I've got enough here. I'm going to publish my first book with this. So I should be getting that out in about a week or so. So we will love all of you. Thank you for being here. Uh, again, if you visit my webpage, drroyerichman.com, you can uh, find my books there. You can click on them and order them if you want to. Also, if you want to make a contribution, there's a contribution link there. There's also contribution links on our, uh, on our YouTube channel. So we love all of you very much. Appreciate you being here. Have a great day. If you like this and it bless you, be sure to share it on your Facebook page. Bye-bye.